Hello, my name is Samuel George London, and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book creator and editor-in-chief at Sourcepoint Press, Joshua Werner, about what comics he would take into a zombie outbreak apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, Comic Scene. To support their work, you can become a friend of Comic Scene for just £20 a year. When you become a friend, you get access to premium content on the website, including Comic Scene Weekly, Newsstand Comics, Retro Comics, Comic Shop of the Week, and free comic downloads. To find out more, visit comicscene.org. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Joshua Werner. How's it going? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, and uh, yeah, how's how's your day been? My day has been pure chaos. This is, uh, yeah. I am currently at the headquarters of SourcePoint Press, which is the publishing Sweet. arm of Oxide Media. And it is just, uh, it's wild around here today. Awesome. Is it just got like lots going on in terms of editing or um, what's going on? We have, uh, we're rushing to get um, a bunch of comics t- on the press uh, before before the weekend. So there's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff that has to be like at the distributor's, you know, warehouse next week. So we're scrambling yeah. to get that finished and wrapped up at the same time that we're working on all the solicitations for the next round of, you know, things to get pre-ordered and a whole bunch of projects to edit. Epic, fun. yeah, no, <laughs> fun, fun. Like it's it, it's good to be busy, but it can be overwhelming at times. But better to be busy than bored. I always say, so true, hundred percent. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to to do the show, um, and uh, kind of as you alluded to there, um, you're uh, you're involved with um, ox uh, oxide press uh, oxide media. Sorry, um, and I don't want to steal your thunder so uh tell the listeners out there who haven't come across you just yet what you do in the world of comics sure so i am the chief creative officer at axi media which is a big conglomerate company that does all sorts of cool products and the editor-in-chief of source point press which is the publishing division that handles uh, uh comic books and books and graphic novels um so i uh I do. I work a lot with uh, numerous creative teams and our marketing team um, to kind of uh, keep the company on track and make sure we're still around. <laughs> Amazing, fantastic. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 great to great to have you on the show. Um, but uh, yeah, where where can people find you on online? Uh, so I'm pretty active on Twitter and Instagram at Joshua Frantic, all one word. And um, <laughs> you can also find me as one of the admins on pretty much any SourcePoint Press social media account. Uh, and also I'm very active on TikTok as well at Joshua Frantic. Ah, cool. And do you do anything specific on TikTok or? I, a lot of it is looks behind the scenes um, on the comic books and board games that we're working on. So you'll see ah, the headquarters cool. uh, in a ton of the videos. Um, and it's just kind of yeah. like a little slice of life for what it's like working in comics full time. Huh. That's really cool, man. Awesome. I'm going to have to check that out. I, I haven't got into TikTok yet, but this might be my uh, my gateway. <laughs> <laughs> cool. 
<laughs> awesome man uh well um all of that aside and and you know you being frantic at, at h uh source point hq <laughs> uh, goes very well with your twitter handle um but whilst all of you are kind of trying to get ready unfortunately uh there's been a zombie outbreak and you're gonna have to down tools and uh, make for the hills probably um so with that in mind what is your action plan for survival in a zombie outbreak so it's probably going to happen if it were to happen right here in saginaw michigan where our headquarters is i think my first plan of action would be to try to make it out of our building and to the mall uh i'm basically using <laughs> using uh like dawn of the dead as my my basis for survival so i'll just go there to load up on any and all kinds of materials and products and things that i might need and then probably take it up to the roof and just build a, a full camp out there where i can get a good view of everything and i'm far up off the ground and i can uh stay safe up there <laughs> nice man excellent and then is anybody going with you oh ah man they're kind I definitely feel like it's a scenario where it's every person for themselves. So I suppose if they can keep up, they're welcome to come. (laughs) Excellent. And who who out of your uh, colleagues at the office, who who do you think would make it? (laughs) Uh, Well, I definitely need to make sure that we still live in a world that's making comic books if we get through this. So I'm going to grab the most useful people I can think of to make comic books <laughs> <laughs> excellent and so yeah you you you, 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 you. <laughs> excellent um well yeah so you're you're all on the roof um and you're trying to you know pass the time whilst the zombie horde is kind of you know um wandering below you um and you start chewing the fat on comics and uh you you come round to the question of uh, what's the first comic you remember enjoying this was hmm, in the 90s uh, I was pretty young I was a kid and I got this comic book off of a center rack in a party store which is uh, like a little market corner market and um, uh, I hadn't really been to a lot of comic book stores yet though, uh, so this was just a, a weird introduction to comic books. And there was a copy of Silver Surfer number 75. Uh, this had a, this grabbed my eyes um, because it had this kind of embossed uh, foil Silver Surfer on the cover, really attractive cover. I knew nothing about it. I picked it up and I dove in and it was just so memorable because um, it, I was thrust in the middle of a, just a big, huge intergalactic story with tons of characters I knew nothing about. They all seemed so intriguing, and I couldn't wait to learn more about each one. Uh, it was a very good introduction to comics for sure. Hundred um, percent, and uh, obviously that kind of started your your love for comics. Um, and uh, where where did your desire to actually make comics come from i continue to just be obsessed with comics for a very long time um through through high school and um and then as i got into college i i decided it was definitely not going to happen i was never going to work in comics 
Um, I was going to go into some sort of illustration field or some sort of, you know, design field, but definitely not comics. I had to stay away from comics. Everybody told me to, and they said there was no money in it. And it was, you know, backbreaking hours. And um, you know, they were right. And then as soon as I was out of school, I went straight into comics. Uh, uh, it turns out I had some very cool instructors um, in college that really were a big influence on me. Um, Timothy Truman um, being one of them, who was a very prolific um, artist and writer. Some of my favorite, uh, favorite stuff he did was probably uh, Conan the Barbarian and, and uh, for Dark Horse and um, Scout, which is one of his own uh, characters he created. Um, and I also had Bob McLeod, um, in college as well, you know, a ton of, of big two work, including Superman. Uh, and I was just thrust back in. I just, I, I, I loved it. And, um, you know, after doing some, some fashion design, some band work, um, I ended up freelancing for publishers and doing a lot of pre-press stuff and doing some covers and doing some logos. Next thing you know, I was doing some material illustrations and, Next thing you know, I was starting a comic publishing company. It all just kind of went crazy from there. <laughs> Fantastic. And here you are today, um, uh, source point editor in chief. Um, that's absolutely fantastic. And by the sounds of it, it sounds like a thriving office. It is a lot of fun here. Yeah. There's over a dozen of us uh, running in and out of here. And we have a, a historic building in uh, old downtown section of the city. It's over a hundred years old and it's just absolutely beautiful. Um, it's cold, very cold in the winter, but it's absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun here. It's kind of a, a unique band of misfits and everyone here is just, uh, amazingly skilled. It's one of the situations where I'm very lucky to have been able to surround myself with people who are more talented than me, uh, on a daily basis. It's great. That's wonderful. Um, and so, uh, let's head back to uh to the zombie apocalypse and the uh, and the next question that crops up um with with your with the colleagues that survived <laughs> the run to the roof um and uh the next question is what's the uh most laugh out loud moment that you've read in a comic um so or funniest comic rather sorry there's definitely there's definitely some a few comics that have made me actually laugh out loud like the, to the point where i might embarrass myself if i'm in public situations such as an airport or, <laughs> or a train or something <laughs> um i would say the one that that makes me laugh the most is um sham comics or if somebody was to try to find it i would just recommend getting the complete shamnibus which is a, a collected edition of sham comics <laughs> um it is absolutely hysterical i can't even tell you what's the funniest issue uh what's the funniest moment because it is straight through hilarious through every single issue. It has never, ever failed to make me laugh. Um, for those who aren't familiar, it's basically a, um, uh, it's, it's classic old school public domain pulp comics. Um, they've been restored. All of the dialogue has been stripped away and My brand name. new dialogue and writing has been inserted into every scenario. And it's amazing when you remove the original context, how different the context can be and how hilarious the situations that you're witnessing can be. Um, and uh, it's by Tim Fuller. Um, he has an absurd sense of humor and um, absolutely surprising for anybody who, who doesn't like to keep their drinks in their mouth while drinking them. I suggest getting this book because you will spew all over the place if you're drinking something while reading. 
that's brilliant i love it i, I hadn't um come across that at all um and so it's it's fantastic to find out that, that somebody's actually done that um kind of just re re uh written the dialogue <laughs> for these old comics uh, and i'm gonna have to definitely definitely get a copy great awesome um now uh shifting gears a little bit um and changing emotions uh what's the saddest comic or the most upsetting moment you've read in a comic um so there's a one-shot comic called morte and it's um it's a it's a silent comic it um it is set in in a post-apocalypse where everyone in the world has died except for this one young man and um it's him wandering alone through his neighborhood where everyone has died and um it's he is taking it upon himself uh to basically go on a mission to reunite uh, family members with their loved ones, even in death. So, it, you know, assuming that this all happened at once, everyone just, you know, died in the same, at the same time, everyone died where they, where they happened to be at any given moment. So what he does is he, he goes to an office building and he finds, you know, the name tag uh, on one of the corpses. And um, he looks, you know, at their wallet and in their pictures and he finds out what they're family looks like and where they live and he goes home and, and you know to their house where he finds you know the the wife's body and is able to reunite the the wife and the husband's bodies together and then finds you know their children from there and the idea being that he's going to get them all together in one place and then bury them together uh it's an absolutely uh gut-wrenching story and is absolutely beautiful at the same time um and I would say probably the the saddest, most upsetting moment in in the comic is when he uh, has to go to the preschool, um, and it's you know obviously all the all the bodies of the children are all there, and he has to go through them to try to find the ones he's looking for, um, and it's also the hardest moment for him in the story as well. In fact, I think that is yeah. I think there's one word of dialogue in the whole comic, and I think it's when he walks in that room. I think he can't handle it. He starts having like a a big reaction in the panic attack. Um, it's a uh, very sad, very upsetting, but absolutely beautiful comic. Highly recommend. Yeah. And that's uh, that's quite, quite a concept and yeah, quite right. Um, de- dealing with, uh, with young children um, on, on their deathbeds. It's uh, yeah, not nice. <laughs> but uh, uh, Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. It's another one that I wasn't aware of. So, um, yeah, thanks for, for bringing that to my attention. That's great. Um, now, uh, once again, shifting gears, uh, what's the scariest comic or most horrifying moment in a comic that you've read? So I'm I'm a huge horror fan, and in in all mediums, um, I love uh, I love horror novels, I love horror films, I love horror comics, and I think one of the things that uh, that I've found over the years is that it's it's really hard to, for horror to have an effect on me. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. get, uh, I don't get scared from horror. I can watch pretty much anything and have wonderful dreams <laughs> all night. It's never, you know, a problem for me. And because of that, it can be kind of difficult to, uh, to find something that affects me properly. But people actually they hassle me for it oftentimes too. A lot of people who, you know, be like, "How can you watch this film? It's disgusting. I can't, you know, I can't even get through it. It's like there's, you know, something wrong with me because I can, you know." Um, so I can say that something that was horrifying to me, um, not necessarily scary, but definitely horrifying is, um, is Red Room. Uh, are you familiar with Red Room? 
uh, by Ed Pisco. I wasn't, no. No, uh, no, so this is not for everyone. Extremely mature title. Uh, yeah. Lots of extreme gore and torture. Uh, and most of the gore and torture doesn't bother me in the slightest. Um, you know, somebody getting you know disemboweled or something, that's not a, not a problem. But there is a scene where a pair of pliers um, is grabs a hold of this man's eyelid and pulls it about as far as it'll possibly stretch and then cuts it off with a pair of scissors. And uh, yeah, that, that one did that. I I winced at that one. I that one had an effect on me for sure. It's it's in my brain ever since having witnessed it. (laughs) Every time you have to get a, get an eyelash out of your eyelid or something. It reminds you. Oh my God. You know, they can do anything to anyone. It's much bigger, but you know, like saw off a leg or something. I'm like, Oh, no problem. But the eyelids, that's easy. That's That's something else. I can see one of the covers there where there's a syringe exceedingly close to an eyeball. Um, that is, yeah, that's not my cup of tea. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I, it's it's beautiful art. It's just, oh my God, it sends a shiver down the spine, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not for everyone. I don't recommend people just run out and get that on a whim. Definitely do your homework <laughs> to see if it's really your thing or not before trying. Yeah, it. But I can I can absolutely appreciate it. It's um it's uh amazing art, isn't it? The, like the detail. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, incredible art. Yeah, fantastic. Brilliant. Um now, uh moving on to one of my favorite questions and that is what's your favorite cover? So the Winchester Mystery House number two has a cover B. Um, it had two covers, and mm-hmm. the second cover is by Ryan Quackenbush. Um, and Ryan is one of my just favorite artists. He's incredibly underrated, um, just an absolute gem. Um, this is this is one of my series, and I was very lucky to have gotten him uh, to do the B covers for that series, and they're all beautiful. But there's something about issue two um, that just made it one of my favorite covers of all time. It's so different for a comic book cover. Uh, it's such a different yeah. approach and style. Um, and also just being part of the conceptual phase was really made it even that much more special to me. Um, I would give him these very loose prompts and then mm. would kind of just run with his, these ideas that he had. And the prompt for, uh, for this issue of the comic, for those who don't know, it's a, it's a story about a haunted mansion and its construction. And it's based on a true story uh, one of the most haunted uh, buildings in the United States and uh, has lots of documentaries about it. And there's a movie about it, all sorts of great stuff out there. Um, and I write the comic book series and um, this cover, I said, I wanted the theme of the cover to be uh, the puzzle. Um, mm. So I, you know, I'd asked that like the, the idea being that the house and its unique construction and design is actually part of uh, some giant grand scheme puzzle that people aren't necessarily meant to be able to figure out until long, long after Sarah Winchester, the, the, you know, the person who owned the estate and was doing all this construction had died. And so he took, uh, he did this amazing drawing uh, by hand of the house and then he cut it into strips vertically, these thin, tall strips. And then he took some of the strips and he flipped them upside down and then he sent a picture of it and he said, this is really kind of giving me a very interesting visual. What do you think of this? And I said, oh, wow. I was like, that, I love this concept. I love this idea. 
let's he's like it's kind of like these sliding plates almost like a rubik's cube that's trying to mm. you know assemble the house and it, it's not there yet some of the pieces are in the wrong direction and i just i i loved it i said let's let's finish that you know concept and let's see where it goes and when he did i was just absolutely blown away by it and um it ended up becoming a a, a t-shirt design that's available uh hot topic um uh, and right it's one of my favorite t-shirts to wear. I wear it to conventions all the time. And um, it's my, just one of my favorite comic covers ever. I could stare at it <laughs> forever. It's yeah. So cool. It's one of those. Nah, it's really cool. So yeah, folks out there, definitely go uh, Google uh, the Winchester mystery house issue to cover B. Um, and yeah, as, as Joshua says, it's the, it's the house itself, but you know, to, thirds of like well not two thirds two fifths sorry of the of the middle flipped upside down it's really cool um you're totally right and it's one of those that you just want to stare at and try and work out yeah and that's a really good analogy with the rubik's cube because you're trying to work it out yeah at first (laughs) you're not quite sure what you're seeing you don't realize what you know it's a house and (laughs) and that's where you start and then you just Mm want to keep staring at it it's wonderful yeah totally and it's got these nice uh nice circles kind of emitting from the front door which has got this yellow orangey amber-esque tinge um tone to it um which is really cool um did did the artist just add add those yes yeah. afterwards very yeah. much out of his own mind he just he, he handled the, he did yeah. all the colors everything and um i was just thrilled i had i had no no pushback no changes no anything i just no yeah one of those yeah definitely it's it's great when um you you receive something back from a from an artist it's like you nailed it (laughs) that's absolutely spot on um and yeah no it's 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 a wonderful cover and just uh it's great when it's a really unusual cover and it totally works um so you've you've outdone yourself there (laughs) really good excellent uh now uh moving on to another of my favorite questions and that is what's the most meaningful comic to you i put a lot of thought into this question actually i i i have a a big collection of comics and there's ones that i just absolutely adore and um mm. i just love to to you know look at from time to time most of them are old pulpy stuff that i really enjoy um but I, honestly the thing that's the most meaningful to me is is the Winchester Mystery House number one uh, because of of the long journey that uh, I went through to get to work with the with the official estate and the license and uh, and the historians. Um, so I hate to choose one of my own books, but it really is so so meaningful to me. It was kind of a small dream come true. I've always been obsessed with the history behind this this incredible mansion and and all of the lore. Uh, behind Sarah Winchester and the, her reasons for building this never-ending labyrinth of a building that was, you know, under construction for multiple decades, uh, nonstop around the clock, um, and mm. all of the, the the gossip that the the town had about this curse that she had, and how she was building this house to house all of the spirits of those who had been killed by the Winchester rifles, which she was, you know, a majority owner of that company. And, um, she was such a a fascinating historical figure, um, to, to have gone to them and pitched this directly to them. Don't get me wrong. I've pitched 
so many books to so many people and they rarely say yes. Um, so to have them come back with not only a, a yes, but a wow, we absolutely love your pitch. We love your respect for, for Sarah and for this estate. We love your knowledge on the subject. You know, um, mm. I actually, when I came to them to pitch it, I was not intending to write it myself. Um, I was intending to, you know, to hire a writer for it. And um, they, but I had already outlined, you know, what we would do story-wise and how we would go about it, what the storytelling would be like, what the art would be like. And they, um, they wanted to get running and they were look. they were asking me to try to find someone that was as passionate as I was about this. And I couldn't find someone. So I did it, <laughs> uh, uh, which it was, you know, not an issue. I've written plenty, but uh, I was um, the right person for the job, and it just all kind of came together like like magic. And that that first issue, um, seeing it hit shelves and seeing it um, do so well, uh, you know, that it, as people be as excited, much more excited than I expected them to be, um, was just thrilling. Uh, you know, I, lots of cool fan mail and people sending me pictures of their like Sarah Winchester tattoos and um, some just really wonderful reviews and feedback. And uh, it's always going to hold a really special place in my heart. I've worked on well over, you know, a hundred titles in some way, shape or form. And this one will always be the most meaningful to me, I think. That's awesome. And, and what was it that actually gave you the, the initial urge to make a story out of this? Was I, it, did you come across it? Did you just come across the story, like the documentary or in a newspaper article or... <laughs> So at this point, I I watched uh, multiple documentaries and I read a lot of books and a lot of those kind of uh, like most famous haunted you know places and uh, okay, magazines yeah. and things like that and uh, and I'd also watched the movie uh, called Winchester, which is currently on on Netflix in most countries. And um, right. for those who haven't seen it, it's uh, it's definitely worth watching. Um, and someone um, that I work with on. In our, our sister company, our sister company is called Deepwater Games, where we make uh, we make board games and card games and tabletop games. And um, uh, he lived near the mansion, lived, continues to lives there. And he actually he came up to us with a pitch, this board game designer, and the pitch was for a board game. Uh, we had already done a very cool board game that was about. Um, designing a floor plan for a house working with clients who have specific needs and you're competing you know against other architects and he said i would like to do a complete reskin of this game and theme it for the winchester mystery house so you are actually one of the construction crews working for sarah winchester and her her very well-known bizarre requests for this house it's one of the you know strangest houses ever built and um i i I lit up at, at this idea and this, this concept. I thought it was genius and I thought he was the right designer for this. And he had, um, he was just the right person. And I said, I think we could make this happen. Let's get a meeting together. So myself and him and the president of our company, we got a meeting together with the license holders. And, um, the whole time, all I could think about is, you know, they really need a comic book. They really need a comic book. They need a comic book so bad because, uh, this story of the Winchester Mystery House is a, is a, a decades-long story. And in what they, the biggest storytelling narrative they have currently is the movie. And the movie takes place at one particular moment in time. It's a, it takes place, you know, in, in like over a period of maybe a week. It, mm. And the story is really best told 
periodically, you know, episodically over a long period of time. So a comic book series could do that. It could, it could start at day one, the very beginning of this, of this house and the very beginning of the construction. And it could follow it through time and, you know, each issue taking place in a, you know, another moment throughout this 30 year long story. And, um, so I decided to, we would pitch them for two items at the same time. And, uh, we walked away with both. Um, we were absolutely thrilled. They were as well. And it became the beginning of a really great partnership. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, that's so cool that you're able to reach out to like, I guess it's like an organization or a trust or something like that that you had to reach out to. And, uh, yeah, they were, they were up for it. (laughs) Super cool. It's fun of this one. Awesome. Uh, now, uh, moving on to our next question, uh, what's the most underrated comic that you've read? I, I, I've been asked this uh, a few times, and I've always said the same answer. Um, there is a graphic novel that I recommend everyone get. It's called The Damnation of Charlie Wormwood. It is um, uh, myself and Mark Wade are the editors on this, mm-hmm. and wow. it's. Um, it's an incredible story. It's written by Dr. Christina Blanche, um, who has mm-hmm. worked on a bunch of great stuff. And like Breaking uh, Gargoyles. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. She worked. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, she's she's been on the show with uh, with Bob. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So Christy well, yeah. loves Christy. She's just a wonderful person. Um, the Damnation of Charlie Wormwood is uh, was a web comic that she's. It was used to be a web comic that she did. Um, and then it got so many chapters in before it stopped and the story hadn't finished. Uh, it had a very short life. Dynamite picked it up for a little bit and they got through mm-hmm. part of the story and then they stopped. And then um, I stepped in and I re-edited everything from the beginning. It was never originally intended to be laid out for print. It was always um, uh, every panel was was kind of like the same size and shape and and you would click and like something in the panel would change, like a person's eyes would open and their right. expression would change, things like that. It was very, very much cool. constructed for web only. Um, so I had this incredible task of, of taking that plus an additional 20 chapters of it that had never been released before and putting it on the page in a way that flows like it was always meant to be sequential storytelling on a, on a comic book page. So I had a lot of, work uh cut out for me um i'd spent about six <laughs> to six or seven weeks um relaying out the entire book changing some some dialogue to make it flow better uh rearranging some artwork and doing a lot of cropping and cutting and um sometimes filling in some new art where it needed in certain places and um by the time we were done we had this this graphic novel that i just kind of s- pretended like I hadn't read before. And I just sat down and read the entire thing start to finish all the way through when it was all done and laid out in this new way, in this new vision. And I was just blown away by the story. There are moments where my stomach was turning. There are moments where I wanted to cry. I went the entire gamut of emotions reading this comic. Um, just, I, it was such a masterclass in storytelling. Um, and yet like it, it continually falls under the radar. People who are fully aware of Christina Blanche and what a phenomenal writer she is just seem to be overlooking this absolute gem. Uh, this, this book is so good. I always say it is the first, like people ask things like, what's the next comic that should have a movie adaptation? 
I always say this one. I'm like, it is 100% perfect for a movie adaptation. It needs eyes, the right eyes on it. It's so much better than people know. Um, so yeah, it's uh, definitely my most underrated comic that I can I can think of by a long shot. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll have to uh, I'll have to get get a copy because um, yeah, that that wasn't a title that I was aware aware of that Christina had done. So um, yeah, I'm gonna get out there and get get supporting. Um, she's very modest. And, uh, she's, she's not. She's yeah, not. <laughs> she's very humble. <laughs> you, she's not one to kind of brag and shove it in people's face. So I have to do it for her. <laughs> yeah, that, that's good. That's good. Excellent. Brilliant. Uh, now, um, moving on to what's quite a difficult question: um, What comic would you recommend to a friend who's never read comics? This is an excellent question. I. Uh, because I, I frequently end up in this exact conversation with people who haven't tried out comics, but I tell them why, mm-hmm. what's stopping you? What, what makes you think you won't enjoy this storytelling medium? Like there are people who love films and they love, uh, they love novels. And I'm like, it's really the most beautiful marriage of the two. There's so much storytelling that can be told without words through, just through visuals. And then you get this, all this writing, dialogue, narration, all this, you know, addition, additional on top of it so that you can have uh, internal monologues when you want. You can have anything. It's, it's the perfect marriage of, of, you know, a novel and a film. And I, they, a lot of them push back and say, oh, it's all superhero stuff. It's all, it's not my thing. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. not. And, and that's when I kind of you know, refresh them. Like this is not all superhero stuff. It is a storytelling medium. Every single type of genre can be told through this storytelling medium. Um, so I always recommend people try out white ash. Uh, white ash is, uh, it's published by scout comics. It's one of my favorite books out there right now. And it's got something for everyone. Um, it covers the gamut of, of kind of, of storytelling genres and it does it in a very palatable and also cinematic way. It feels very cinematic when you're reading it, and all of mm-hmm. the timing is really beautifully done. The art's fantastic. It's an it's an easy read um, that's super engaging at the same time. It's never boring, not for a second. Um, so I always tell people to try that one out if it's going to be their first book. And uh, a few people have, and I like have you picked it up as their first comic, and I was thrilled that they enjoyed it and wanted to to try out more stuff. Um, it has uh, it has some. It's got humor, it's got suspense, it's got romance, it's got fantasy elements, um, and it's got a mystery. It's really the perfect mix of, of genres for anybody who just likes storytelling, period. It's a very safe bet that they'll enjoy that series. That's excellent. And uh, yeah, just looking on the Scout um, Comics website, the first trade is like 192 pages and it's 20 bucks, so... I, it's a bit of a bargain i think that's all right <laughs> yeah um yeah. So, it's, it's, so that's a good starting point for that for that um point of view as well so um folks get out there <laughs> go get it um definitely uh now uh coming on to our last question and that is if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse which would it be I would um, I would grab the trade paperback collected edition of the first volume of Dead World. Dead World is um, it's one of the oldest, longest running zombie comics uh, ever. Um, it predates The Walking Dead. Uh, it's longer than the been around longer than The Walking Dead, and it's um, 
uh, in many ways, I think superior to The Walking Dead. Um, and The Walking Dead borrowed quite a bit from it, uh, pretty heavily. And it's uh, okay. it would be the perfect book to have in a zombie apocalypse because it's an enjoyable read and also great reference and great uh, like a, a handbook to have with you to survive this. <laughs> <laughs> definitely um because uh yeah how many issues have there been um so there's definitely over time it's because it's told in 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 many arcs there's so many different arcs uh there's yeah. definitely over a hundred publications out there and that includes graphic novels and single issues um so content wise it ends up being quite a bit and it's been going on since the 80s yeah. Um, so it's been been around quite a while. Um, it was written by most primarily written by Gary Reed. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's any new Dead World anymore because Gary passed away a few years back, uh, very quickly, mm-hmm. unexpectedly. Um, but uh, yeah, it's got a lot out there. Totally. Yeah. No. Um, that's awesome, man. And uh, yeah, as you say, it'd be uh, it's a great manual for for living in this zombie apocalypse. Um, and uh, along along with that, uh, what weapon, tool, or useful item would you like to take with you as well? Hmm. I am definitely a melee person, I think. I've given this some thought. Not mm. just for this, but for over years of my life. <laughs> just in general, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really had to just destroy someone, you know, someone already dead um then i think i would want some kind of melee weapon if i could get myself to a museum perhaps and get Mm -hmm. myself a mace that would be ideal the ideal just swinging weapon i think it's the right amount of weight the the right amount of impact um but if i was in a a hurry and i just needed a quick fix i think a really good hammer would probably do fine nice oh yeah yeah tried and tested right yeah absolutely (laughs) awesome man uh well that's absolutely fantastic and joshua werner uh thank you so much for sharing your comics for the apocalypse it's been a real pleasure yes it's been a pleasure here too thank you so much so much fun excellent and uh for the listeners one more time where can they find you online so you can find me at joshua frantic all one word um i'm always up for a good chat uh, and i can always talk comics i can talk industry and um, you can mm-hmm. find a little inside peek at what I've been up to most of the time at all any of those places, including TikTok, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram. And then you can find SourcePoint Press um, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. On Twitter, it's SourcePT Press because it's too, a little too long for their handles. Um, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, you can find me at any of those places. So hit me up. Let's talk. Brilliant. And then do you have any uh, exciting future projects that you can talk about? Yes, absolutely. So free comic book day is coming up. And um, on May, let me check, is it the 7th or the 8th? Um, let me look really quickly. It's a Saturday. Mm. It is the 7th, May, Saturday, uh, May 7th. So for those who don't know, participating comic book stores um, will be giving away free comic books. Um, and they're very selected comic books specifically for the event. A lot of them are brand new. Um, they're mm. all created you know for this one day and that is oftentimes the only day you'll ever be able to get your hands on that book for free comic book day uh, we have created a brand new winchester mystery house one-shot story um so for those who enjoyed the series so far 
You can get a brand new comic, all new stories exclusively for this event. And for those who haven't tried out the Winchester Mystery Ops comics, well, there's this is the best spot to be in. You can go get a free one, check it out, see if you like Amazing. it. And then, then from there, you can decide if you want to you know, pick up the series or not. Um, so that is the next thing of mine that will be hitting stores. Um, and then after that, um, Winchester Mystery House uh, Volume 2 will start later this year. So we'll get uh, the next story arc of that. And then there are two other projects uh, of mine that are in the works. One is a kids series and one is a, uh, a very mature uh, horror series. So uh, I, those aren't announced yet, so I can't tell you what they are. But there's definitely definitely lots of stuff I'm working on uh, right now. Oh, and those for those who like my classic pulp comics, I actually have two more of those coming up really soon, coming out. Um, classic pulp robots and classic pulp uh, science fiction. So, and both, both of those are available to pre-order in stores right now. And one of them I think is coming out, uh, next month. So yeah, I got plenty of stuff coming. Nice. You have plenty of stuff. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, so folks, uh, Joshua's links are in the show notes. So go, uh, go follow him on all the socials and, uh, keep up to date with all of his ongoings. Um, sounds like you're, you're a very, very busy man, Joshua. Um, <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for taking the time, um, to speak to me today. And, uh, yeah, maybe one day our, our paths will cross at a con, whether it be in London or New York or San Diego or something like that. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Excellent. Thanks again, Joshua. And, uh, speak soon. Take care. Thanks again to Joshua for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but believe that helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Joshua's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the comic club, and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally... As long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week. I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.